Stop the hacks. Stop the attacks. Stop the attacks and start taking your IT career to the next level. The Masters in Cybersecurity from Stevenson University Online can keep you one step ahead of the criminals and one step ahead of career advancement. Complete your online degree in as little as 18 months with convenient and affordable classes. Stevenson University Online, your partner for professional success. Visit stevenson.edu slash cyberwar. Yeah, it's called Conversations with Jeff, not Screaming Matches. Yeah, Yeah, you and I do not agree on Calvinism. But look how nice we are to each other. I think it's going to really shock a lot of people, thrill a lot of people. A lot of people are going to have to do some soul searching. It's like, you know what? What are you doing? You're spending all your time trying to destroy another Christian because you don't understand what's going on when you should be out there winning people for Jesus. Right. Thank you for the job you're doing. Thanks for being willing to address these kind of issues. They're vital to the church. I feel sorry for what's coming your way, but God bless you, man. It's it's a good, healthy conversation, and, and let's keep growing together in the Lord. People won't change unless they hear the truth, though, and so we need to know the truth, uh, speak the truth, and then the last one I would say is that we need to stay in the truth uh, no matter what the consequences are. Hey guys, welcome to today's episode of Conversations with Jeff. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Uh, just so you guys uh, know, uh, right over here, we actually have a comment section. So if you guys are watching on Twitter, uh, on Periscope, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you guys might be watching, post your questions or comments or thoughts or anything like that about what we're talking about. It'll show up on the screen. And hey, I, I may just ask your question. So, uh, but yeah, I just want to thank you guys all for tuning in. Uh, this is a show called Conversations with Jeff where I bring on different guests and we, we take a look at the world, whether it's theology, within the church, politics, whatever it might be, but we are, we're always taking a look at it from a Christian biblical worldview. And so, you know, this is just, you know, one of my four shows that I do, but I, I really enjoyed this one because this one we're specifically looking at everything from a biblical Christian worldview. So it, it's a lot of fun. If you guys do want to support what we're doing here with the gatekeepers, go to gatekeepersonline.com slash plugged in, become a plugged in member. You get exclusive access to our Destroy Social Justice Conference. You'll get discounts in our bookstore, get a devotional, all the good stuff. Definitely just, just to check it out again. You know, for, for the most part, pretty much everything we offer for free, but that's just one way that you guys can support what we're doing here. So, uh, really excited about our guest uh, today, bringing on uh, my good friend, Patrick Wyatt. Patrick, welcome back to Conversations with Jeff. Glad we could sit down and chat for a little bit. I mean, life has changed a little bit since the last time we talked. Yes, yeah, uh, quite a bit different looking out there, isn't it? So, yeah, this is, uh, be an interesting evening, I think, a conversation. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I I know. I think I think last time I had you on, it was kind of the beginning of of COVID nineteen, and we were just starting to see the lockdowns. It was probably still the fifteen days to flatten the curve kind of garbage propaganda that was put out there. And then now here we are, and I'm out here in California, and we're still in lockdown. And I was telling you before we went live, lockdowns, ten o'clock curfew. I feel like we're in like high school again. It's it's crazy that it's lasted this long. But I, but what I'm really concerned about moving forward is kind of the spiritual state of where we are as a country and, and all of that kind of stuff. What's, what's been your feeling as you're watching everything develop in, in 2020? What's your kind of feeling on where we are right now, kind of as a country? 
Well, I think a lot of people were um, hoping that something after the election was stolen was was hoping that President Trump or some faction was going to step forward. And you hear all these stories and you, you read all these articles about this plans in the works. And you have some people close to the president that was, you know, putting out some information. Don't worry. He's got this covered. And I think a lot of people were putting their faith and hope in, in what President Trump was going to do or his allies were going to do. And and uh, that didn't materialize. And I think a lot of people were pretty uh, pretty down after that. And, and right now they're just kind of trying to recover, even up till election or inauguration day, I should say. People were expecting something to happen to save this country. And uh, it didn't happen. And we got Joe Biden inaugurated and that whole mess out. I mean, it started from day one just what we thought, and even worse in some instances, you're just whole on Sodom and Gomorrah right now with what they're doing. Um, yeah, well, last time we talked, I when I was talking to you earlier, I was kind of surprised that I didn't realize the restrictions in California. Uh, here in Iowa, we've been pretty much, uh, you know, they want you to wear a face mask in public, or at least in stores, which I don't do. It's not, you know, some of the city councils are saying you, you need to wear a face mask, and they don't have the authority to say that. So, um, it can be a store's policy, but uh, other than that, um, I don't I don't abide by it. So life for me is pretty much normal now. So it's kind of shocking to hear the restrictions placed on you still. But again, it is California. No matter if the economy is up or down, healthcare careers continue to grow, especially in management. Stevenson University Online's Master's in Healthcare Management can put your career on a new track, especially for career changers with previous business, HR, or technology backgrounds. Discover new opportunities with our healthcare management masters. No GREs, no application fees, and 100% online. Visit online.stevenson.edu slash healthcare management. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. It, it it is it is like I always say it's 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 communist California. I'm living behind enemy lines. It's it's this it's this weird kind of crazy thing, especially because I live in a more conservative part of California, but we're still under Gavin Newsom, which is it's just this weird kind of situation about living out here where it's you're kind of almost like always in limbo. But at a certain degree, it almost kind of it kind of messes with you a little bit because on one hand, you're trying to pay attention to the news and you're trying to pay attention to what's going on, especially, you know, for me out here in California where, you know, we got to keep up. What's Gavin Newsom going to throw at us today? Or he's throwing he's always yeah. throwing some new rule or whatever it is. But then it, it's almost this kind of gaslighting thing to where it's like on one hand, you're like, I don't believe all the garbage that is coming out of this guy's mouth. But at the same time, you know, they're enforcing it with health inspectors and like all these different kinds of things. I mean, how, how do we, just even as Christians, how, how do we view the government if we can't even trust that the government is A, telling us the truth, but then also that they're literally taking away all of our freedoms and rights? You know, and that's that's been ongoing for a while. I think we're just now figuring out the extent of it, what it looks like. And certainly Gavin Newsom and other leftists in different state level governments are emboldened by what's happened. Um, they have, in in you know, what was stolen from President Trump was also stolen again down in the Georgia election runoffs for the Senate. And, you know, as you look back, I'm thinking about 
what other races, maybe in the past or, or certainly this year, were the same things done? What areas are controlled by Democrats? I mean, we used to know about th these like Democrat machines, like the uh, Pendergast machine and uh, Tammany Hall, I think it was. Um, these different Democrat organizations, they used to call the people in charge of these organizations bosses, and they controlled entire cities. They can, you know, they, they had union help and all these different things. They had all the connections, so everything always went their way. The elections always went their way, and it makes you, you know, what they're doing in those areas now has gone to a national level. Um, and, and this is the big move, and this is what they've done. And up to this point, this is what they've gotten away with. So, uh, yeah, that's that's got a lot of people concerned because they've already started to talk about what they want to do to us. We must be punished for what we believe, and we you need to be reeducated or there's talk of, of purge. We know that on some of these platforms, these social platforms, that conservatives and conservative shows are being dismissed, taken off. You know, it may be just a matter of time till even you and I will not have this venue anymore to talk, and uh, we'll have to, you know, what like others do and go to alternative means. So uh, we need to definitely stay in touch. Oh yeah, well, you know, and and for people that are watching this, you know, because that for, that maybe they don't they don't know, because like you know what I've got going on right here with the gatekeepers is our Christian organization. Uh, you know, I'm also running Freedom First Network with along with JD Rucker, and that that's our more secular, conservative, political network and things like that. That one we're getting censored. Like you know, it, what, what's crazy? So we've been kicked off of, uh, we've been kicked off of Periscope. We've wow. been uh, right now we're in a two week suspension. We've got our second strike on YouTube, and literally I'm getting an email every day of a new video that they're taking down because we talked either about election fraud or COVID-19 or whatever it is. Like literally on a daily basis, they're taking it down. And then we just found out yesterday that J.D. Rucker apparently is on a blacklist. Spotify has put him on a blacklist now into where uh, Spotify kicked him off along with all the rest of our shows. And because, they, because Spotify kicked him off, Transistor, which was our hosting site for our podcast, they kicked us off. And then now we're over to another one, and we're just waiting for them to kick us off as well. It's crazy when you think about it. Like in the grand scheme of things, like JD and I, we're not. We're, it's not like we're big fish, but the fact that they're coming after us and other people like us is kind of scary. But then I come back to the spiritual question: Is it because possibly that conservatism represents in the world's mind Christianity, and that the world hates Christianity, and that's why they're going so hard against conservatism? What do you think about something like that? Well, totalitarians are very efficient in what they do, and they've, you know, they've compiled lists, and they know about shows like, like this and, and different things you're involved in, different things I'm involved in. So I think they're just making the rounds at this point. Um, they do associate conservatism with, with Christianity. Uh, there's several things they associate with Christianity. Capitalism is another thing they do. And, 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 but realize, you, you hit the nail right on the head. The ultimate goal here is God. That's who they're after and those that follow God. They're after Christians because Christians are ultimately the enemy of Satan. And these people, whether they realize it or not, are being driven by that satanic agenda. So uh, it's, it's inevitable what's happening, I guess, with the powers that be. The Constitution that uh, we've leaned on all these years thinking it was going to be there to protect us, we weren't around to protect it from domestic enemies these last several scores of decades. And now it's come to a point where uh, they've got total power. And this is what they want. They don't believe that they're restrained by anything other than what they want to do. If they can get the votes to do it, they believe they can do it. They don't believe in limited government. And what they're putting in place right now is just another totalitarian regime. And we're seeing it. I mean, you see it at the state level in California. 
We're going to see it at a national level. And this is just a start from what I'm understanding. Listen to some of the big talking heads on the other side talking about people like even Hillary Clinton. Um, you know, those people like her and Barack Obama are still in the woodwork and they still are calling shots behind the scenes. You're seeing the faces, the puppets. But uh, you have other people telling them what to do. Joe Biden, I mean, I saw a video of him the other day signing some executive orders. He was mumbling something about, I don't even know what I'm signing. So, I mean, he, this senile, demented dude, he's just, uh, he's just a figurehead at this point. And as long as he can um, be the guy that looks like he's pushing these orders, I mean, he's not. I mean, he doesn't have the, really the mind. He would if he had the mind, no doubt. But uh, he's just the face of the evil behind what's, what's really being pushed. And that would be one of your former senators there that's now vice president. She's, you know, it, it's funny. She got, what, 3% of the vote in the Democratic primary. It was the first to drop out. And so they, obviously, even the Democrats really weren't too crazy about her. She's the far left communist party member, I guess you could say. And when you see who the nomination was going to be, it's like they knew in advance. It didn't matter who they put up there. They're going to put up the people they wanted because they knew they were going to win that election. Biden didn't have to campaign. The fact that he has dementia, that didn't matter. Nobody liked Kamala Harris. That didn't matter. They knew that they had the election rigged. And, and now we have that in our face. And the media, of course, over and over, and, and the attacks you're talking about, deplatforming people, taking you guys down. Anybody that dares speak the truth, because the truth is the enemy of lies. Yeah, no, it's really true. It's, it's interesting. So over on Facebook, Bar Chapman uh, just posted, uh, they go after the small fish first, makes less noise. Make, makes sense strategy-wise from, from, from that perspective. But one, one, thing, one thing that was interesting, and I actually did my, my morning podcast on this topic. I don't know. Did you see the announcement today uh, that the Department of Justice put out about, about their new investigation that they're, that they're doing? No, I've been at work all day. I didn't see that. Okay, so, so the Department of Justice, they came out with a statement, and I had a lot of actually conservatives send this to me, and, and they were actually saying like, oh, wow, this is a good thing. This could, this could expose the election fraud. I'm like, okay, cool. So I went and I read the statement. I'm like, actually, this is extremely dangerous. Like, this is the total opposite. So what they announced is that they're, they're doing an investigation into and, – and, and the reason why everybody got excited was because we, they saw the 2020 election. Well, it turns out that what they're actually investigating is anybody within the Department of Justice who was trying to get the DOJ – to overturn the 2020 election results. Well, if you look at what's actually going on, to me, what they're doing is they're rooting out all the Trump supporters, all the conservatives that had concerns over election fraud and completely eliminating them from the DOJ to where it's going to be all deep staters, all leftists, all anti-Christians and all that kind of stuff. Again, it seems like they're shoring up the federal government to be completely progressive, communist, socialist, and completely anti-Christian as well. That's exactly what they're doing. They're not going to let something sneak up on them, surprise them like the 2016 elections did again. And obviously, um, having stolen this election this, this in 2020, um, you know, you hear people go, well, maybe we need to start a third party and all these sorts of things. And, and going to even a few meetings and talking to people and people are going, we need to, you know, talk to our local officials and we need to, you know, form a group and politically become more active and all that kind of stuff. And I'm kind of looking at them going, I don't think you get the scope of what just happened. They control the process now. There are no more lawful elections. And the purge you're talking about, the DOJ, they're talking about kicking people out of Congress right now that supported President Trump or ask questions of, like, all this mountain of evidence on fraud, shouldn't this be investigated? I mean, you would think that if the other side, you know, if nothing happened, they would be more than willing and say, yeah, let's get this out and open so there'll be no doubt in people's mind rather than what's going on right now. But, but we know what happened. 
I'm still amazed that some people are going, well, you know, where's the evidence? And you kind of almost go, are you, do you have a pulse? I mean, can you, are things still working up here? It's a, why would you, for instance, kick poll watchers out, move the people counting votes into a room and cover the windows up like happened in Pennsylvania? Does that sound like something? And that's a violation of, of election law, by the way. But why would you do that if everything was on the up and up? Or why would you pull ballots out in Georgia after you send everybody home from under tables and start counting them? I mean, there's, those are just two small examples of what happened. And you, you ask yourself, what do you think the purpose was? What was the purpose of stopping voting late at night and then start voting counting again? Our vote counting is what I was talking about. Early in the morning, I mean, why would there be a two- or three-hour delay? What was the purpose of that? Do you see any nefarious possibilities here? <laughs> you know, if you just look at the details. So, but, but that's the level that people have been programmed by the media. And the same media right now that's viciously going after folks like you and I, of course, it's the bigger fish right now, too. And they don't want anybody, they want to intimidate people into not saying anything or backing down. Or as they're saying, we, we know now it's time to come together in unity. What do you think that unity means, this type of unity they're asking for? It means submission. It means surrender. It means you give up your ideas and go along with them. Brother, I'm not a surrendering type. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's, it's scary how, how much I feel like we're being gaslit. But then also too, and I know, and I know we've talked about this a lot over the years as well is, you know, a lot of the evangelical leaders, it seems like are going right along with this. Like, like I remember watching, watching Twitter on, on inauguration day and seeing people like Beth Moore getting choked up and in tears at the inauguration because of how beautiful certain things that were said were and the peace and the unity and the love and how drastic of a change this is compared to the the evils of Donald Trump. How is it that even our evangelical leaders, not only just that they're like, they're anti-Trump. It's like, I, I, I get that. Right. But they're, but so far the other way to actually embracing the Democrats, which literally the entire platform is as anti-Christian as you can get. How did we get yep. to this point with these evangelical leaders that are like this? 
Well, I think Jesus described it pretty well, calling people like this wolves in sheep's clothing. And that was a problem even in his day. And it's certainly a problem in our day, 2,000 years later. These are the warnings he gave us, that these sort of people, and Paul would talk about it in his uh, letters, that the, the wicked ones would creep into the church, acting like one of us, but leading us astray through false doctrine. This is a great falling away that we were warned about, the, the times of apostasy. Well, apostasy doesn't take place from typically outside pressure. That's persecution. Typically, the faith flourishes. Satan has figured this out, and it's much better to infiltrate Christianity and bring people in that look like ministers, sound like ministers, have all these credentials, but in fact are teaching something, what Paul called another gospel, and that's exactly what they're teaching. Social justice, as we're well aware, if you see the book here, um, Social Injustice, we talked about that. Well, that this is exactly what we're seeing. This, this is Marxism disguised as Christianity, and it's, and it's being pumped into the Christian faith by these high-profile pastors and preachers and leaders, the likes of Russell Moore, uh, Al Mohler, the Gospel Coalition, Tim Keller, and, and all those that are involved with that, Mark Dever. I mean, the list goes on and on. The big-name people are the ones that are, in, you know, Russell Moore and, and Beth Moore. These are the ones that are actually, you know, they're Democrats. So Russell Moore got his start as a Democrat staffer in Louisiana, and Tim Keller's a registered Democrat. So what we're seeing now is, to, to the discerning person, it should be more and more obvious, is them simply revealing who they've always been all along. You, you don't go to, to an a inauguration of a guy that's responsible in pushing for abortion and expanding abortion. We've already murdered over 60 million babies. Russell Moore was part of Obama's Immigration Council, opening the borders to destroy the nation in that fashion. It all marks a step if you realize what you're looking at. Yeah, well, yeah, it, it, and I and I think too, it, it comes down to this idea of, and this keeps getting thrown at us that that as conservatives, we're worshiping conservatism, we're putting country above God, we're worship, we're worshiping Trump, we're putting Trump above Christ, which is is ridiculous. But at the same time, it seems it seems like because they're throwing the accusation out at us, there are a lot of conservative Christians that are caving because they don't want to be seen as worshiping politics and putting politics over faith and that sort of thing. How should we be dealing with the relationship between our faith and politics um, in light of how polarized everything is today? Well, if you if you look at the Bible and you look at God's morals and you look at the way God designed things to be, and you then look at conservatism, which is traditional conservatism, not the rhino stuff that you're starting to see now, but actual stuff like pro-life legislation and sanctity of marriage and these sorts of things, these are biblical morals. These are not political issues. These are God's morals. Now, they try to call it a culture war. Well, the culture war has been ongoing for 6,000 years. Satan has always tried to take the mind of the culture away from God and turn it into secular pursuits. But these people that attack these ideas, these are biblical ideas. As long as we're using the Bible as the foundation for what we believe and what we stand for, ultimately they're trying to make it something else. But they are, again, attacking the Bible and God's sovereignty who he is and, and what he says, because God's the only say in what's right and what's wrong. The rest of us have our opinions. They better align with God. But yeah, in the church, it, it's it's amazing. These sorts of people that we're talking about, the names we've mentioned, 50 years ago, if they would have come out saying and doing the things they're doing, they would have been roundly rejected as imposters and apostates. But that goes to show how far along we've come how these ideas have subconsciously filtered into our thinking and how they've changed us a little bit at a time, a compromise here, a compromise there. 
And the problem, I think, today with Christianity in large part is we're reading books from these high-profile so-called Christians, and we're leaving God's Word, these sorts of ultimate truth, closed. You know, and, and if they would take us off air, Jeff, if they, if they got rid of us and they didn't see our articles or podcasts or conversations, anything else, and people are going, now, now what do I do for truth? Well, truth is in your house if you have a Bible. That should be the truth you're seeking every day. The Holy Spirit will give you discernment. If you're seeking God earnestly, God will reward that seeking. You don't need uh, us. I mean, we're, we're doing our part. But ultimately, if, if you're doing that, you will be able to see the truth that we're speaking. And if you're not reading your Bible, if you're getting your information from other sources, you are prone to error, and we're all fallible men. You know, We do the best that we can. But we're not perfect. God's word is perfect in the truth it reveals. And I think if people would, would get into it, they would come to appreciate it. No, oh yeah. And you know, it's one thing that I keep saying over and over again is like don't just believe something just because I say it. Don't believe your pastor just because it's what they say. Always go back to scripture, be like the Bereans who challenged the Apostle Paul, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, like they challenged him to make sure that everything he was saying lined up. It it did, obviously, but they still they still double checked it. And I think that that's, that's something that we need to remember. And, and I think also, too, when we view podcasts, like podcasts obviously are great. I enjoy them. I mean, I do them all day long. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but podcasts are great. Books are great. Sermons are great. But those should all be supplementing your own study of God's word. Right. That shouldn't be where you're actually getting all, all of your, all of, you know, your input of, of information regarding God's word. And I think that that's something that I think probably because we're all busy. We've all got things going on. It's easy just to pop on a sermon or listen to a podcast or whatever it is. But we got to make the time to get in God's word. I mean, it's legitimately God's word. I, I would much rather hear directly from God through what he wrote down as opposed to what a pastor who's fallible. And as much as I respect the pastors, at the same time, they're not perfect. God is. Right. And, and you know, the thing you run into sometimes is people are so accustomed to some of their favorites. Like, oh, I read this book and it really helped me. Therefore, I have all this faith and allegiance to so-and-so. Um, and they're really unwilling to look at the other things. Satan's not dumb. His ministers are not going to come out there and just, you know, give you all rotten stuff. He's going to give you a lot of truth. And, and these guys know the Bible. They know, you know, they know what they're talking about. They know theology. But the, what is the purpose of their theology? Is it to glorify God and speak the truth? Or is it to sound like they're right, but, but leading you astray and getting you to, to believe things that aren't right. And we have to get people to kind of get over this hero worship. I'm willing to discard anybody that turns out to be a false prophet. It's not easy to do it at first, but once you start doing this and you start making God your priority, um, you actually don't want to be in the presence of false teaching and false teachers. It's destructive. It poisons your mind. Just like Watching TV right now, people, you know, you're watching this, well, my favorite television program. Everything they're doing on TV right now is designed to distract you and take you away from what's going on, take you away from the truth. Either the direct propaganda passed as news, or even the propaganda that's put in and presented to you as entertainment. They're giving you ideas and concepts to or, or desensitize and condition you to accept these things. You eventually will get beat down by all this garbage, all this poison that's going into your mind. If you turn the TV off and seek other pursuits, reading your Bible and seeking out some truth, actually doing some research, um, that's a pretty good way to, I like to spend my time researching things. What is the truth of this? And then, you know, you're, you're better able then to help other people that probably are struggling with the same things you are. 
Yeah. Now, now with with everything that's going on, I, th- I think I think for a lot for a lot of Christians and a lot of conservatives specifically, you know, Trump not getting in on inauguration day was kind of like a gut punch. It's like I think everybody everybody assumed he had he had the kraken. It was going to get released. It was going to get <laughs> dropped, and it was going to expose everything. Right. Yeah. But but now we've got Trump. He's he's down in Florida. Um, you know, you still got people that are holding on to it somehow. They'll come back into office and all this kind of stuff. But what do we do now when, number one, we don't have the White House as conservatives and as Republicans even. We don't have the White House. We don't have the Senate. We don't have the House. We clearly don't have the, the judicial system. Majority right. of our states, I, I would say, are compromised. What What do we do now, maybe more on a practical level? Like, do we have any options now politically as conservatives moving forward here in America? There are options. If you read the Declaration of Independence, the, the founding fathers exhausted all their peaceful options and pleadings and, and trying to address the king and asking him and begging him and pleading with him. Um, ultimately, we do have the option that the founders took in 1776. But as I say this, um, I must warn you that in 1776, we were a predominantly Christian nation and we sought God's providence and blessing. And we were not guilty as a, as a people of the wickedness that this nation has now just immersed itself in. So for those that think we can kind of revert back to 1776, I will remind you that only things, uh, any sort of a, an attempt like that will succeed only with the blessing of God. And I don't believe God is pleased with a nation that I think for a lot of people would like to see the freedoms returned and that sort of thing, just so they can get back to their self-centered secular life. And uh, God's not like us. He doesn't look at things and go, well, they're, they're kind of good, so I guess they're okay. He doesn't grade on a curve. His, his standard is the standard. And uh, we're a people very ungrateful for the blessings he's given us. Not just turn our back on God, but openly mocking God, bringing in false religions, um, all sorts of immorality by God's standard. And then but we think that somehow we can pull off another 1776 without God even being in the picture doesn't work like that. God, as we talked about right before we came on, will sometimes institute wicked rulers to punish a wicked nation. Now, this is something that's been a long time coming. I thought we were on the cusp of that in 2016. And I prayed earnestly, like, Lord, if we're, if we're going to be destroyed, please don't let it be under a, a Hillary Clinton presidency. You know, <laughs> and, and, and he gave us grace. He gave us four years. And what did we do? Just like you're talking about, we were, we oh, we got Trump in, so we can just kind of sit back. We don't have to go do anything. We'll just let the, you know, the President Trump will take care of us. We rely on other people. We weren't out talking to other people about the Lord. We weren't reaching out to the lost. We were pretty much doing our own thing. Now here we are. So maybe it's a good thing right now that we finally figured out, I hope, that there's no politician going to come to our rescue. There's no political solution for a moral problem. We need to stand on our own two feet, take responsibility in our own lives and for our own selves, and maybe start reaching out and in, in, in contacting people you trust and, and figuring out what you need, what, what do you think is coming, and, and have a discussion in that area. Um, this has the potential to be more than just a political squabble. I think we kind of both understand that, that this is very significant what's going on, that the totalitarians right now, when they have power, they never want to have another 2016 moment. They want to eradicate any possibility of any sort of an uprising, which is totalitarians, what they always do. Of course, chief amongst that is to disarm the people, and I think that's going to be a real big push now. That's the one thing Obama did not get done in his eight years of destroying this country, was any significant gun control. And I think that's exactly what they're going to aim at right now, 
to take away the people's ability to say no and say it with force. Because they yeah. know the people are not happy about what's going on. There's a lot of upset people. And I hope people remain upset and don't just cave in and say, well, we lost or, or, you know, well, it got taken away. There's nothing we can do. One thing we can do is we can, you know, Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than men. Any sort of illegal or unconstitutional mandate coming down from executive orders, those aren't laws for you and I. That executive order was never intended to alter law. We need to publicly resist mass disobedience or mass noncompliance, amongst other things. I mean, there, there's one thing. We simply say we're not going to allow that. And then maybe start putting pressure on the governors. You know, we don't have any governors that have the spine to stand up and say no to the court or anything else. Since 1973, Roe v. Wade, all it would have taken is one governor to say, Supreme Court, you don't have the ability, you're not granted that in the Constitution to make law, alter, abolish law. This is a state matter, and I'm in charge of the state. I'm going to make sure that the state laws in my state are going to be um, abided by. Not one governor since 1973 has had the guts to come up and actually do their job. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new spirit park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Yeah, and and that and that's really scary too because you know, and this is the way I always explain it to people as well is like the Constitution. When you think about it, that is, that is the law for our lawmakers. Really, it, it's supposed to be restricting yeah. our lawmakers. And if a law contradicts the Constitution, it's illegal. And so I was actually making you know maybe it's a little bit of a, a little bit of a stretch. I don't know, but if we're submitting to illegal laws, we're not complicit in the illegal behavior. I don't want to be complicit in illegal behavior. Thus, I'm not going to submit to Gavin Newsom's tyrannical, authoritarian, you know, stuff. I was out after curfew. <laughs> like right. it's, it's craziness, you know. But but I think I think all of this as well. You know, I, I had Schumann on my show the other day, and we were talking about about morality in, in our country today, right? And, and one of the concerns that that I have within the conservative movement, I think, is that there's been there's been this really big push to push morality that's separate from God. And I think right. within the Republican movement, we've been, we've been bringing in this big tent, this wide tent, which again, politically seems smart, but now you're trying to justify morality without scripture, without God. And I feel like that's even hurting the conservative movement now too, because we no longer have an anchor. We don't have 
we don't have truth. We don't have a, a common source of truth anymore. Um, and I, I'm, I'm concerned that that's that we got to deal with that first if we're actually going to turn things around in our country. Yeah, we have to get the foundation of who we are settled, and that foundation has to be God's morality, has to be the Bible. If it's something about consensus, that's what the left's been preaching. And consensus is just a matter of uh, a majority opinion. And a majority, majority of opinions don't mean anything if they're not grounded in the truth. And that's exactly the world we're living in right now. And everything that's being pushed at us is to alter our view of the world and alter our opinion, to, to get us to think, well, group think, not think for ourselves. And that's not what we should be doing. It's, it's funny some of these people pride themselves as free thinkers. And their mind has been controlled from an early age. They've been indoctrinated. They think that they're free, but they're not. They're enslaved by the very ideologies being taught to them by Marxist professors, Marxist teachers. Some of these people that are teaching this stuff don't even realize where this stuff comes from, and yet they're following the very ideas of the Karl Marx of the world, the Frederick Nietzsche's. And not just in society where it's actually more open, but specifically inside the church. You've got pastors speaking and talking Marxism from the pulpits, and they're buying into this social justice nonsense. They're buying into uh, this whiteness and this wokeness and all this racial division, which is racism, that's kind of put together as being anti-racist. And again, the goal is the destruction of this nation. This country is what has to be taken out of the way. We are the last obstacle to the one world government that's been envisioned and will ultimately take place as chronicled in Revelation chapter 13. The rest of the world, I, I've got friends in Australia, and uh, they're very concerned. We're concerned about the election outcome and what's going on in this country because they realize the United States being taken out of the way by a, a Chinese puppet being an office president, catering to the Chinese, the rest of the world's in real danger too, not just us, but them as well. And so a lot of people are still looking at us like, what are you Americans going to do? Because what you do directly affects my nation and what's going to happen to us. We are the last good guys in the world, even as it stands right now with the administration in place. So um, it's important. Our nation is important to a lot of people. It should be important to us. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and, and so, so then I feel like with all of this, it come, it, we, we have to bring it back to, okay, so what's next? Like, like, what do we do? Like, where do we need to be focusing our attention? Because it's like, on, on uh, for some people, you have a more kind of pietistic worldview where it's like, you know, let's let's get out of politics altogether. Let's just, let's just focus on we, all we're going to do is preach the gospel, which it never actually works out like that. They, like they're not spending 24 hours a day preaching the gospel. They're doing other things. They're getting on Twitter and telling other people to go preach the gospel. Right. <laughs> but but so 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 there's that view. Then there's the we need to engage in this political battle. We need to deal with this. Then there's fighting the culture war, all this kind of stuff Pr on a practical level as Christians. What do we have to do if we do want to turn things around in our country? Well, you know, the Bible tells us the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I think the first thing, and the thing we should always be doing, is seeking the Lord in prayer, seeking Him in His Word, and building up our faith to be the strong men and women that He's called us to be, to fulfill the plans for our life that He's given the talents to fulfill. And I think a lot of people are lacking in those areas. We do get distracted by the world. We do get distracted by politics. And we kind of lose sight of what we should really be focusing on. Now, politics in the world are important. But, the, you know, the Bible also tells us the battles we're seeing and talking about right now ultimately are spiritual battles that have been being lost. And the spiritual battles that are lost, that's what we see in the physical world. It filters over into that. So when we're better able to stand on faith, directed by God through the Holy Spirit, 
to know what we should be doing. Rather than looking to people what we should be doing, why aren't we asking God more since he knows everything that's going on? He knows what tomorrow holds. Why aren't we seeking him? And I'm not talking about some of these people that come on claiming to be prophets and they were told by God this and they were told by God that. Uh, that's God may speak to somebody once in a while, but there's a whole lot of charlatans in that field as well. Misleading people, giving them false hope, giving them disinformation. They're making a living off of it. That's what they're doing. But what a shame that they blaspheme the name of the Lord and, and Christian's name to do these sorts of things. But, you know, you asked me kind of what we're doing. I'm actually just finishing up an article. I was hoping to have it done before we came on. It's called An Illegitimate Inauguration, What Next? So we'll be putting that up at shininglightministries.com. I'm sure we'll get it over to you pretty quick. We can get it on Gatekeepers online as well. So uh, I don't know how soon you're putting this video up, but within the next day or so, I should have that article finished. And it's addressing kind of in specifics. I, I kind of, my thoughts are a little bit more coherent when I'm writing, you know. But uh, um, so that's coming out. But yeah, and a lot of people are asking that question. What do we do now? Well, one thing you should be doing right now is thinking kind of more directly, what do I do if there's some sort of uh, an emergency situation? Do I have, you know, physical preparations are always an, a good idea, especially in this volatile world. What if the power grid goes down for whatever reason? What if there's some sort of extended blackout? Could be a natural disaster, could be EMP, could be solar flares. Have the ability to be independent of the grocery store for a bit, if nothing else. Have the ability to be able to defend yourself. Think about what happens if comms go down, communications. Um, do I have a plan? Do I have a group of people that I could kind of maybe we could get together for mutual protection and aid? I know this may sound pretty far out to some people, but, uh, you know, well, that could never happen. This is United States of America. Well, you know what? I would have said two years ago, there's no way you would ever see a man win a landslide election with Donald Trump and have that election brazenly stolen right in front of our eyes. And the court system's completely silent on it. Nobody has standing to bring anything to, to light to, to get this under review. That's kind of, you're seeing stuff right now that a few years ago happened in the government and happening out there, and the things they're saying they want to do, you would have never believed it. So don't think anything's too far-fetched right now with these people in charge. They are power-mad, they're psychotic, and demonically driven, I believe. Several of them are. And these are the ones in authority. I think many of them are, actually. Um, and Satan is the god of this world, and right now he's got his people on the throne of this nation. Oh yeah, and, and I think too. I think I think I think we we as even as Christians, when we're looking at politics, we have to get past just the Republican versus Democrat. Because I've been, I've been saying this for a while. I think the Republicans are actually more corrupt than a lot of the Democrats. Because oh, yeah. at least at least the Democrats, they, they're at least telling you the truth about about what they're doing. Obviously, there's some dishonesty and things like that. Republicans are just flat Excellent. out lying. You know, and I, and I, and and I think that we have to remember that it's not just Republican versus Democrat. This is literally good versus evil. It's what what what's their worldview? What what are their principles? What do they stand on uh, on the political level? But I'm glad that you were bringing up preparing on on a personal level for any kind of catastrophe that could happen. And I think that I think that it's it's wise counsel that I think a lot of Christians they just sit back and they're like, well, I'm just going to trust God and God will work it out, and I'm I don't have to prepare. But at the same time. You know, especially for me, I'm looking at this as a husband. How am I best going to care for my wife? You know, just as, just as, as the same way that God cares for his church, I'm supposed to care for my wife. It's, it's the spiritual principle as well that if we're not taking these kinds of precautions, you're not reflecting God in, in, in your relationships as well. 
you know, I trust in the Lord too, but I, that still didn't preclude me from going out and getting a job. I mean, I trust for God's provision. Everything I have comes through God. But there are certain expectations and responsibilities on me that God places and clearly says in the Bible certain things. And he says those who don't provide for their family are, are worse than an infidel, worse than a non-believer. And that, you know, what does that mean? What does provision mean? Well, you know, it definitely means providing a place for them to live, food, water, that sort of thing. It also means protection. It also means being the leader of the house and being forward-thinking, being aware of what's going on around you and making preparations for the evil that may yet come. Not hoping that it comes, but being prepared as broad-based as you can for these different eventualities. It's a foolish thing if you don't have insurance on your house. You're not expecting a fire. You're not expecting a tornado to wipe your house out. But you sleep more comfortably knowing that you've prepared for that eventuality if it were to occur. And we've got people right now that, well, you know, God's in control. Well, God's always been in control. God's been in control during the darkest times in human history, the most gruesome massacres and, and terrible inhumanities. God was in control during the concentration camps in World War II. That doesn't alleviate us of responsibility. It's not God's will that these horrible things happen, but it is a part of our fallen world when men forget God or deny God and try to run things on their own. These are the consequences. So you can be victims of those sorts of things, or you can be a little bit more uh, aware that these things are possible and can happen, and seek the Lord's guidance, and then act accordingly. Don't get too emotional yeah. about it. This needs to be soberly thought out. Talk to people that are not you know, wild-eyed and crazy and stuff. Um, and some people get a little overboard on this sort of thing, and you have to kind of sift that a little bit. But ultimately, the decision is yours, and ultimately, the responsibility for your family, men, is yours. So you need to honor that responsibility God's placed with us, and we need to be seeking Him and doing what He would have us do. Now, 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 looking at at the platform that it seems like Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and, and the, the whole Democrat Party seems to be implementing, again, it seems to be going globalism, seems to be taking down the borders. You know, it seems like it's one world currency, one world government, one world religion, which their religion is essentially global globalism, atheism, anti-God, ideology, theology, all that kind of stuff. Do you feel do you feel like we're heading towards end times? Do you think I, I hear some people say, OK, it, this is a sign that the Antichrist is coming up next. And then other people are saying, you know, that that, you know, how, how can the Antichrist unify the world when when the Democrat Party is so corrupt, but but it's the Democrat Party that is pushing the globalist ideals. How how do we weigh all this within eschatology in your mind? Well, you brought up a good point. It, it, right now, it's it's globalists versus Americans in this country. It's not just the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party is also being controlled by global interests and by the interests that will ultimately culminate in a one world government. I mean, we've had. Um, the Council on Foreign Relations, we've got the United Nations, we've had all these pushes within the last hundred years, big-time pushes, funded by multi-billionaire people, very powerful people, to consolidate the world and bring it under one umbrella, destroy national borders. Do I think that this is part of the eschatology? I absolutely do. I think that the, the, the prophetic clock really started ticking when Israel became a nation again, which was prophesied in the Bible. I think that was a significant marker to move us toward what would be the end times. These are the end times. You can look and see that some of the predictions that were made at the time they were predicted, there was no way it could have been carried out at that time or even in the foreseeable future because they simply did not have the technology to control a world currency or system or to monitor people or keep you from buying or selling or traveling like they can today because everybody's monitored. You can't go anywhere, do anything. What you, Every phone conversation is listened to, every email, every place you go on the web, is everybody knows that they they keep track of these things? 
the things that we say. They know. They know our political views. It's a very much a surveillance world, and that surveillance world that we're talking about allows for the things that the Bible talked about in the latter times. We're seeing the increase of wickedness. Technology, talked about in Daniel, would increase exponentially. People traveling to and fro. Well, that's us today. That's our generation. That's us right now. So, yeah, I believe it is, and I believe that uh, the growing wickedness we're seeing, it's almost a, a tangible force you can feel now, um, is an indicator that Bible prophecies are being fulfilled and, and other things are going to happen. Is the Antichrist alive and well right now? I think probably he is. I, I think he's out there. What we're seeing right now is this nation's further torn apart through all the things going on, and certainly like closing down the Keystone Pipeline, driving oil prices up, opening our borders, appeasing our enemies. The whole world's in disorder and chaos. It is a time of disorder and chaos that the Antichrist will appear and have the answers to bring everybody back together. And things will be so bad at that point that people will be saying, all we want you to do, sir, is make the pain stop for us. You seem to be a bright man. You do have some answers. You have some charisma. At this point, we're so desperate, we're willing to follow you. I mean, we got Dementia Joe in the White House right now. I mean, people. there's a lot of people right now who would take anything other than him, you know. And there's going to be this person show up that sounds like a, a, a godsend. And it's not going to be even God. So um, I think, yeah, very much the judgment of God may be fallen in this nation and world. Um, is it eschatological? I think everything that goes on at this point probably is. Um, and it's moving towards certain markers, certain prophecies. Um, we do live in exciting times. And, and realize there's a lot of things that we're talking about that you and I cannot personally affect. We can't change what's happening. But we do have effect over what we believe, how we conduct ourselves, what we say to other people, how we treat other people, and give them the truth of the Lord. At times like this even, as things get worse, we've talked about this some friends, that people are going to be looking for answers. Maybe their world now is crumbling. It's shaken maybe for the first time in their life. The things they relied on are being taken away from them. And they're looking at you going, what do I do now? And you're saying, you know, we're remaining calm, right? We're going, you know, I got a great retirement plan. It's called heaven. It's forever. And we want to be able to tell them about the Jesus that saved us. It's the same Jesus that died for them. And this may be a time where it's before, I don't want to hear that stuff. You know, I, I, you know, I make fun of you. Now they're thinking about what's going on and maybe their own mortality is starting to creep up on them a little bit. Like, wow, I'd like to talk to you now about that stuff. It's not funny to me anymore. We need to be there for these people. And we need to have planted the seeds, I hope, and are planting seeds right now that may, at future times, that we're able to, to work a little bit with or maybe somebody else plants them or we plant them for somebody else. But we need to be that rock for people. But before we can be that, we need to be the rock for our family and ourselves. And we find that uh, grounding and root in the Bible in our faith. Yeah. Now, now, last question was piggybacking off off of what you were talking here, because because we're talking about eschatology and end times, we're starting to hit some of those markers and things like that. Is do we do we as Christians do we take a more fatalistic worldview and do do we in a sense disengage from the political process from a lot of these battles and all that kind of stuff? Because, hey, we're seeing, we're heading towards the return of Christ, we're heading towards end times, you know, uh, theology and, th and things like that. Do we just let it play out? Or do we continue to try to fight politically? Do we tr do we try to, like, for example, do we do we get involved in a third party? Do we try to reform the Republican Party? Do we keep trying to fight these battles? Or is that a lost cause? Well, I think the Republican Party is pretty much most of it. You saw that with the, what I'm about to describe. We saw that with the... Uh, 
who was going to stand up for the electoral process. And you had, I think, seven senators on the Republican side were questioning those electoral votes. The rest of them just fell right in line. Um, in our state here, as an example, we have two Republican senators and three of our four congressional districts are Republicans. They're all rhinos by the classic sense of the word. They have no principles. They are politicians first and foremost. They want to get along. They want to stay in power. They don't want to get the media on them too heavy. So they're just kind of going to go with the flow. Now, is a third party a viable thing? Well, if you believe that, you know, that you have an actual vote now with them being able to steal elections, um, then maybe you would think a third party is viable. But the point is, if they can steal the election from a Republican president and a lot of the Republicans go along with it, a third party is not going to be any different. There's not going to be any traction there because they're simply not going to allow people to cast votes the way they want the people to vote or vote in who they want. So if that indeed is the case and that's what you believe, then it would seem that political um, maneuvering in that case, at least on a national level, is a moot point. Now, if you live in a state where that's not the case yet, um, there's maybe some hope. If you California's probably not too much hope. But if you live in a state that's uh, Republican-controlled right now, you have the ability, possibly, to influence that state. Maybe you should run for office if there's another election. I don't know if there's going to be, or any meaningful election. But at the state level, there's uh, the possibility that your governor or your legislatures could stand against some of these unconstitutional mandates that are coming, maybe your sheriff or something like that. Again, mass noncompliance or civil disobedience, if you will, where we have to say, no, I'm not going to put up with this anymore. So I don't think that we completely withdraw from, from politics at all. I think we put some effort in there, but I think we shouldn't put all of our effort and all of our hopes into that because ultimately I think it's going to be the same sort of mess that uh, we just went through. If, if by God's mercy, I mean, he is God, he, can, he works through human agency, he does things by his own hand sometimes. If he would restore this nation and, and purge this wickedness that's, that's completely infested our government, that would be a wonderful thing. How does that fit into his plans? We're certainly, we don't deserve it by our own actions as a people. Um, we need to be in sackcloth and ashes, actually. We need to be repenting of this great wickedness. And that's the one thing I really don't see. People have lots of answers and different solutions on what we can and can't do, but nobody's really wanting to go before God and say, God, we're, we're a sinful people, and uh, we repent of it. Now, you and I can't do that for the whole nation either. That's another thing. It's, it needs to be a, a majority of people's hearts turning towards the Lord and unless and until that happens, I think all these other efforts are just kind of chased our tail for a bit, unfortunately. I'd like yeah. to tell you different, because I've been a patriotic person and patriotic guy. And, um, but I, I also realistically see who we are as a people. The nation I love, basically, um, it exists in the past. It's in the history books. Uh, those noble people and good people, um, there's still good people today, though. There's some wonderful people today. But there's also um, the factions that are in power. And quite frankly, the worst thing maybe as this nation is a good chunk of us are apathetic people. We'll go with whoever says what, bread and circuses, as long as you keep the football game on and I can, you know, get a pizza, I'm going to be content. I'll go with whatever you want to do to me. I'm seeking happiness, not freedom or liberty. This, this nation wasn't founded on happiness. It was founded on opportunity provided by freedom and liberty, and we've forgotten our roots. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. 
happy holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. The holidays are a moment of togetherness and joy and a reminder of how tradition creates happy and fulfilled communities. Make this holiday season patriotic with a visit to National Harbor and its stunning new Spirit Park. Marvel at one of the largest American flags in the region and beautiful displays of American art. Make this holiday season the most meaningful of all at National Harbor. Learn more at nationalharbor.com dash spirit park. Yeah, and it's and it's really it's really sad that we have forgotten our roots, and I, and I think that and I think that what's what's so what's going to be so vitally important for us as Christians is we need to figure out how to be able to proclaim the gospel to as many people as possible. Because because in all reality, for me, as I'm lo- as I'm looking at the grand landscape, and again, like what we were talking about earlier, you know, there's this morality that's now separated from biblical Christianity and separated from God and things like that. We've got to be able to bring that back, but. If we want to have any shot at bringing back the kind of America that I think you and I as, as patri- patriotic people, that the America that we want to have back, it starts with changed hearts and changed lives and people placing the faith in Christ, repenting. Because I got to say, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, you, you begin to follow after Christ. You, beca- you begin to be sanctified. You go through the, you go through that process. I, our, our country could change, could turn around if that happened and also if it's within God's plan. Exactly, and that's the point, is we don't know, we know how history fills out, we don't know exactly the specifics at the time and the moment, so we don't know how God's going to do things. I can't figure God out, he's a lot smarter than I am. Um, I know the things I'd like to do, thank God he doesn't listen to me in a lot of these things, because they probably wouldn't work out and they don't work into his plans, but I pray nonetheless and he knows my heart. Um, You know, you look at life and you say, you know, life is finite. Nine months ago, my father passed away, and uh, there's been a few other people, and uh, you you know you lose people to death. The finality of that, from our point, uh, it's it's pretty sadness, and it's uh, kind of hurt. It leaves a void inside you, but you also realize that your time will come too. And as a Christian, I will see my dad again and be forever with my dad and, and other departed loved ones that are Christians, and even people I've never met before. I'll get to meet in heaven, and of course with the Lord and in God's presence. These are the things that buoy my spirit, regardless of my circumstances, just as they did Paul. Paul knew what awaited him. And all the trials and tribulations he personally went through, the beatings, the the going to prison, ultimately being beheaded, these were not uh, anything that Paul greatly lamented because he said absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord. So we always keep our eye on on that future. It's not just a hope, it's a promise from God. And God keeps all of his promises. He doesn't forget a single one of them. We sometimes forget things or we kind of change the deal a little bit. God never does. And so we, we have that faith and hope that no matter what happens, um, if we can live a, a life honoring God, um, that and, and that's not he, we're not saved by honoring God. We're saved simply because he sent his son to die for us. But we should be grateful and we should be seeking after him to, to live a more godly life and be a more effective Imagine the creator of the universe, and you and I are in his plans, Jeff. He knows us individually, and, and you're fulfilling that purpose, and I'm, I'm hopefully fulfilling that purpose, and we're, we're out there fighting the good fight when the odds are against us, but, you know, you played sports, and I played sports. When you're in a game and you're behind, you don't worry. I don't worry about the score. I know I have to do my job. The only way to change that score is to play to the best of my ability, to do my part, and we play as a team, team sports, right? 
And at the end of the day, at the end of the game, somebody else is keeping the score. So at the time, whatever the score is, I believe we can win. I was always that guy. Like, we're good enough, we can beat these guys. But I had to do my part. So don't get too, don't worry about the score right now. Play the game. Oh yeah, and I, and I think going along with that with that sports metaphor, it, it's it's one of those things where I think it's it's really easy to lose lose heart when you're looking at when you're all you're looking at is the end goal or you're, all you're looking at is the big picture. But I, I remember when I was in when I was in high school, we were playing a championship game. I remember and I remember halftime, we were down by about thirty points. We we're getting blown out, and our coach pulled us aside and he's like, "All you have to do is, is we have to gain two points per minute, and we win the game." He's like, all you got to focus on is the neck is the next minute, and then the next minute, and then the next and the next minute, and we did that. We came, we came back and we ended up winning by two points. Like literally, mathematically, it worked out exactly how he said. But I think it's it's a great metaphor for how we need to be living our lives. Obviously, the end goal is to win the game. It's to reach the end. It's to accomplish what our purpose is and things like that. But we got to focus on the next step and the next step and the next step and get through that. It's a lot easier to do it when you're focused that way than than yeah. focusing on I got to come thirty points. Or going like, well, you know what happened two innings ago. If you're still worried about that, or you know those plays are done. It's what yeah. happens right now, right now. Don't even worry about what's going to happen. You have to accomplish right now. You'll get to the future, but you have to accomplish right now. You have to play right now. And you have to play through, and you have to have a desire. You know, the desire to win sometimes. Will, will carry you farther even than the talent level. The desire to win, to never give up. When you're broken, and you've, you've known this before, and I have too, you'll play a team and there comes a point when they know they've lost and it, they're broken. Their spirit is broken, and then it's over. It's over regardless of what the score is or where you are in the game. Once they've decided they can't win, they've lost. Or if you if you so intimidate a team that they come out on the field, they're going to play you, but like there's no way we can beat you. They won't. Wasn't it Henry Ford that said, the man who believes he can and the man who believes he can't, both are right? Yep. So we need to keep a good attitude about this. Um, this is exciting times. You know, God, we were born for this time in history. And so that means as Christians, we have a, a role to play. There's a plan for us to be and to do. And, you know, just like, I don't know, I was kind of a big fan of the Westerns. Who's the guys we really like? You know, John Wayne. Yep. Um what did we admire about those guys? They never gave up. They stood for what was right. They were the good guys. Odds against them, they went in guns blazing anyway. They lived, they died. They were going to be true to their principle. We need to be true to our principle. We need to be true to our God. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, I think, I think, that's, a, I think, that, I think that's the perfect way to, to end the show. Uh, so if you can remind everybody the best place to be when your writings, what you guys are talking about on your show, and all that kind of stuff, uh, let everybody know how to do that. Well, we, uh, Pastor Sam and I, and you know Pastor Sam a little bit, right? No, yeah, just <laughs> uh, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, we we have a, a site, theshiningheightministries.com, theshiningheightministries.com. Uh, we post our podcast there and, and articles we put up, so you can find us there. And of course, you can also find us on Gatekeepers Online. Um, our stuff, we are part of your network. We our stuff goes over to you. So you can find us there as well. Um, you can contact us at uh, theshinelightpodcast.com. We've got a place where you can leave comments or different things. And we've got quite a collection. Sam and I have been doing, I don't remember how many podcasts. We're well over 120 now, I think, and, and different uh, articles we've written. Um, so that's what we're doing right now. 
Um, Sam has a book coming out, I believe, through Gatekeepers Online. Um, I've been asking him about it, and uh, maybe you could tell me what the what the status of that is. Yeah, uh, five steps to kill a nation. Five steps to kill a nation and how to stop the bleeding. And and actually, I have I have now, Patrick. Have you have you seen the cover of of, of this I have. book? Okay. Yes. So now, did did you see the did you see the updated uh, back cover of the book? I don't know that I have. Okay, so so uh, we we went we went a little a, a little on the gore side. So again, we got to be a little controversial here. Not okay. out gore, but no, no, yeah, exactly. So for people that are watching, so I'll put this up on the screen again, guys. This is like a sneak peek for you guys. Okay, so this is Pastor Sam Jones' new book. Okay, so put this up here: Five yeah, Steps to Kill a Nation. We got red, white, and blue blood coming down. And I got to say, originally we were trying to get this book out in in December and just delays happening and dealing with the printer and just just all that kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then all of this craziness happens in 2021 and we're like, that may have been God working things out because like literally that cover is exactly what's going on right now. It's it's going to be a pretty timely book. So um, So that will probably be out in the next couple of weeks. It's actually over at the printer right now and uh and then as soon as we get it in in stock we will be shipping that out so if you guys are interested in pre-ordering the book you guys can do that at gatekeepersonline.com slash store and you guys can actually pre-order that book and then that way as soon as we get it in stock we will ship that out to you but, but yeah it's, it's been fun going through this process with sam and you know it's it's yeah. it's a great book i've read it a few times through deal, dealing with layout and all that kind of stuff it's a really good book we did actually a podcast on that talking about sam i kind of did an interview and asking about the different chapters and it sounds like something and that's what we're talking about. It's like, wow, did, did uh, the powers that be right now, did they read your book and, you know, follow all these things? Because, yeah, it's very timely and very relevant. Um, my book, which is Dark and Pulp, it's the history and hirelings of social justice, which is just that, um, really tells you behind the scenes and the history of where all these ideas come from. And they, I mean, it's just blossomed in our nation right now. These ideas are, are being pushed left and right from the left. Um, so we're... As far as that, my editor and I are going over the chapters right now. So we're ready for print as soon as we finish the editing. We have the covers and stuff done. So don't know yet, but moving close. Yep, definitely. I, it, it's, it's Anytime you put out a book, it, it's a process. I, 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 I know it will. <laughs> uh, wow. And you just think of all the effort and heart you put into it and all the hours researching, writing, rewriting, checking this, doing that. It gives you an appreciation, um, especially when you have a quality book. There are some hacks out there throwing out this garbage, you know, left and right, and they get these these uh, like Gospel Coalition will put that book out there, you know, New York Times bestseller. It um, garbage is garbage, and, and in some instances, that's what the world wants. But we take pride that we put forth the truth. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, Patrick, I really appreciate you coming on. I, I always enjoy our conversations. Um, for, for for everybody, everybody that's watching as well, I'll I'll post the links so that way you guys can follow Patrick at at on his website, check out their podcast, and then also, uh, you you can as soon as the book becomes available, we'll make sure that we uh, let you all know how to, how to get that as well. So, but again, Patrick, I really appreciate you coming on. It's my pleasure, Jeff. Uh, keep fighting the good fight, and uh, you know if you if you got to get out of California, come our way. I mean, uh, you know, both both you and Sam are are pushing for for Iowa. So I mean, we'll 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 see, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's beautiful this time of year if you like snow. Yeah, I mean, you know, we we just had like our we just had our coldest day out here. I woke up this morning really? the 30, 37 degrees when oh I woke God. up this morning, and then uh, by by midday it was up to like fifty nine. <laughs> well, I don't mean to dissuade you, but I understand our forecast is overnight tomorrow night we're supposed to hit four below. So. 
Yeah, you're you're not like you're not convincing my wife. Worry about that. Yeah, fair enough. I just the heating bill will be insane. So, <laughs> so okay. Yeah, I really appreciate everybody else as well. Uh, if you guys want more information, on what we're doing here with the gatekeepers, go to gatekeepersonline.com. Uh, we've got articles, podcasts. We've got a new forum uh, that's over there that mostly I'm just using for posting like news articles and things like that that are relevant. So you guys can check that out. We've also got communities, which is kind of our alternative to social media right now because we don't know when and if we're going to be canceled. So you guys can go check that out at gatekeepersonline.com. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in and we shall catch you guys next time. Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Happy Holidays from all of us at Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. This holiday season, pay tribute to the people who fought for our freedom to celebrate. Featuring the largest American flag in the region, Spirit Park is now open at National Harbor, honoring active duty military and veterans. Take some time this holiday to remember, offer gratitude, and be inspired by the sacrifices of our service men and women who make our way of life possible. Plan your visit at nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark. That's nationalharbor.com slash spiritpark.